0: Welcome to The Light Within, a podcast for anyone seeking to rewrite their life, live in their light, and align with their soul's highest purpose. I'm Leslie Draffin. I'm a certified microdosing practitioner, menstrual cycle coach, and feminine embodiment mentor. And I'm on a mission to break taboos around women's bodies, periods, and psychedelics. On this show, we're exploring all things spirituality, sexuality, mysticism, and empowerment. Come along as I interview other coaches, teachers, healers, and thought leaders about all the ways we can feel more tuned in, turned on, and lit up AF. If you're on a journey towards self-discovery, you've come to the right place. This is The Light Within. Hello, beautiful beings, and thank you so much for joining me for this episode of The Light Within. I am so excited to have this conversation today with Magda Kay. We are talking all about Tantra, intimacy, sensuality, and sexuality. And I promise this is going to be a conversation for those of you who who might not know a ton about Tantra, but maybe you feel a little interested. And also for those who might be very well-versed in what Tantra is, but just want a new perspective. Magda Kay is an intimacy expert. She's a certified Tantra teacher, speaker, and author on a mission to help individuals around the world experience more love, pleasure, and intimacy. Mm, hell yeah. For almost a decade, her advice on relationship dynamics has helped countless singles and couples alike live more fulfilling and authentic lives in and out of the bedroom. Now, she is the founder of the School of Intimacy, an online academy that teaches people essential skills for building happy, passionate relationships with others and themselves. She's also published her first book, No More Faking It, a guide for women to living a more fulfilled life. This conversation is one I was so excited to have, and I am so excited to share it with you. This episode is also sponsored by my brand new sacred online community, The Sanctuary. Inside the sanctuary, you will connect with other busy women just like you who are learning to combine sensual embodiment with mindful microdosing to tap into their divine feminine energy, claim pleasure as their birthright, and heal the core wounds holding them back from their most ecstatic life, even while working full-time and raising kids. You'll be guided by me along the exact same path I took to come home to my body to actually love myself and to heal the sexual shame that I felt after getting diagnosed with herpes at the age of 18. I know that you're tired AF and that maybe connecting with your pleasure and your body feels about as doable as climbing Mount Everest, but I also know that you know there's so much more to life than just numbing out with Netflix, endlessly scrolling socials, and downing a glass of wine, or three, no judgment, so you don't have to feel those uncomfy feelings. And I also know that when you're on the healing journey, it can feel lonely as fuck, and so that's why I created The Sanctuary to help you find your sisters, your special tribe of women who can hold space for you, connect with you and make you feel supported through the journey that we call life. So if you are ready to confidently claim what you want and watch pleasure awaken the powerful and radiant version of you while you find your tribe of sacred sisters, I invite you to click the link in the show notes and use the code the light within for 1 month free inside this sacred community. I cannot wait to see you inside. Now, without further ado, please join me in welcoming Magda Kay to the Light Within podcast. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me, Leslie. I'm very, very excited. I am too. I love this conversation we're about to have. Um, The first question, though, that I always ask all of my guests is what ignites your Light Within?
1: (sighs) I have an external and internal one. (laughs) For myself, it's maybe like a bit of like a selfish thing, but it's fulfilling my potential. Mm. And I love it because even in the Bible, it says that not using our talents is a sin. Mm-hmm. And there's just something about when you know what you're capable of and moving in that direction. I think my like you know biggest fear in life is to just not even get close to my potential. So that mm. is something that selfishly, ignites me from within and then externally is you know let's just say my my family is not the happiest I've seen some pathologies and a lot of just people hurting each other on purpose mm-hmm. so with my work and with how I move through life my intention is just to help people just honestly not hurt each other which means love yourself a bit more accept yourself a little bit more so we can be kinder to each other
0: mm. Yeah. And I don't think trying to live to your fullest potential is selfish at all. Like I think that's fantastic. And also something that I desire to do as well. So perfect. Well, for folks who are not familiar with you and your work, can you give us a bit of an introduction and tell us more about how you found yourself in this work?
1: Absolutely. So I love it because, you know, when you just like, I don't know, you're on the flight and someone has this little chat with you, they just want like small talk like, hey, who are you? Where are you from? So what do you do? And then I say, I'm an intimacy coach. And their, uh, their eyes always are just like, oh, what? <laughs> what is it? What do you do? <laughs> so, yes, I'm an intimacy coach, which basically means that I help people enjoy more depth in life. And that is specifically for their intimate relationship, for their sexuality. But I always say that intimacy isn't just for people in relationships. You can be single and you still have your intimate life, just like you always have your health life and your social life. So for me, intimacy is really about the depth of life. So how deep can you go with other people? How deep can you go during sex? How deep can you go with yourself? So it's all of this work. It's it's a beautiful work, but it's all the work about helping people feel more. So everything, you know, I'm very like. Tantric and kind of woohoo spiritual girl. So anything that has to do with your heart and your sex chakra, activating these two and then merging them into the beautiful union.
0: Mm, hell yeah. That's amazing. <laughs> and so, how did you become an intimacy coach? How did you discover this as this path that you're on?
1: I mean, Leslie, when I was a little girl, I was dreaming of doing that. <laughs> no. <laughs> I wanted to be an actress or or a dancer. Um, So I never planned it. Um, Even if I look back like 15 years ago, I was like, what? Like I would have never imagined that path for myself. I was so shy. I couldn't talk about sex. I couldn't talk to guys, you know? So, oh my goodness. But what happened was... um, I lost the relationship because I couldn't have orgasm. I didn't know how to. And Mm -hmm. I thought something was wrong with me, just had absolutely no idea what to do. Mm -hmm. He took it personally and eventually would drift it apart. And that kind of was, you know, that kick in the ass that I needed to really start looking these things. And at that time, I I guess these days when you go online and you just Google Tantra, you're going to find so much. That wasn't the case back then. So people didn't really know what it was. Like you would sometimes hear like, it was a bit like some secrecy or gossip, you know? And I was so curious. I really wanted it. So I tried and asked and finally, finally, I think it took about maybe three years to finally find a community and a school where I could explore everything. Mm -hmm. And you know, Leslie, I was doing everything for my own healing. I just wanted to become orgasmic. I wanted to heal myself, And then the more I was doing it, the more I was realizing that this is really my path. And people are coming to me with questions. And something I realized was, you know, with the knowledge and the experience that I had before I got into a tantric community, it was like, duh, no wonder I couldn't orgasm. No wonder most people are unhappy in their intimate relationships because we don't have the tools. We don't even have enough knowledge about what intimacy and sex is. So I definitely saw that what I have is very needed mm-hmm. and really like we're lacking this information. So I was like, okay, like I, I got, I got to speak about it. I got to share it. And, you know, slowly, slowly I got to where I am today. Yeah.
0: So what is Tantra for folks who are listening and, and might not have any idea, or maybe like you, they've heard a little whisper of it. Maybe it's like a, something they're thinking secretly, or maybe they thought like, Sting, the singer, like was yes. notorious for like tw- <laughs> t- 20 years ago, talking about how he could have sex for like 24 hours and it was all Tantra. <laughs> so, like, what is Tantra and what is, not- what is Tantra not?
1: So, if we kind of want to get very um, academical, I would say Tantra is a spiritual path and it's very similar to yoga. Now, I don't. When I say yoga, I don't mean what I call the lululemon yoga. So I don't mean when we wear the fancy yoga pants and go on a mat and do stretching. Right. That's that has very little to do with yoga. Yoga is a spiritual path where you meditate, you work with deities, you have a certain diet, and you move your body in a certain way, mostly so you can open your chakras and so you can then sit for a longer time in a meditation. So what people don't actually know about is that yoga was um, very selective. So yoga was for men and only for a certain class. Mm -hmm. So tantra, in a way, was created in response to yoga. So tantra was, you know, very controversial at that time. Women were allowed to practice. All the castes were allowed to practice. You had meat, you had some wine, and you had sex. So it was a more like wild spiritual path. Now, tantra is one of the few spiritual paths on our planet that incorporated sexuality. And so when it was becoming more and more popular and was kind of being slowly brought to the West, of course, the part that we took was the sex part. It's it's yeah. the same with yoga. Like, what do we want? I want to lose weight. So I'm just going to take the physical part of yoga. Mm-hmm. Here, I want to have good sex. So let's just take that. Um, so there is Tantra that has nothing to do with sex and you don't do sex at all. And then there is another part of Tantra, which actually focuses a lot on the working with your sexual energy. But the difference is that everything you do is really for God. It's a spiritual practice. So we activate the sexual energy to come closer to God. Now, You can imagine, Leslie, these days, not many people are interested in that. Not many people want to have sex for spiritual enlightenment. And -hmm. it's okay because Tantra still offers so many beautiful tools to experience better quality of sex. So this is about opening your heart so you can feel this unconditional love. Like You can have amazing spiritual experiences during sex. And so this is what Tantra is mostly today. It's, it's mostly about sex. And I've seen some, you know, sex workers and erotic services labeled as Tantra. That's just pure branding at this point because it has a little to do with this. Uh, so I would say always to people, just be mindful when you search for Tantra. You're going to find a lot of sex um, that may have a bit of Tantra or nothing or a lot. But mm. yes, you will find it because that's kind of what it become mostly today.
0: Yeah. And I know, you know, with some of the research that I've done and folks that I've spoken to, and you may also know about this too, and it's it's very much, I think, a a symptom of the world we live in, just like how I'm in a, in the psychedelic space and there are symptoms of the world we live in there too, where people take advantage, where there's harm. And I know there's been like bad press around some Tantra circles specifically because of maybe the people who were at the head of it or these quote unquote gurus who were taking advantage of others. And so it's interesting that you point out that like at the core, this is a spiritual practice that gets you closest to God. But of course it can be polluted by our, our worldly flesh, like our our egos and, and our bullshit and, and people who want to take advantage of others and different power relationships. Yes. Just like and you know, else. the school that I
1: went to, uh, almost closed down because of all the like the series of accusations of rape Mm. and the way that that school operated was there was a lot of sex it was a polyamorous community and sex was encouraged um and in a way well there was a bit of like brainwashing I would say for sure because all of these communities they they were kind of like a cult and in a way you know sports teams work, work like a like a cult yeah. so a, a, any tribe that works is a cult but um so th- there was a lot of like kind of conditioning what is good what is conscious um and i think the problem was that you know the patriarchal society like we have it everywhere even in spiritual circles so i think in tantra these main schools and the same with yoga they're simply run by men who naturally don't have the same sensitivity as women. Mm-hmm. Sex is such a different experience for a man than it is for a woman. If we just look how energy flows through chakras, for a man, you know, his sex center, it's his cock, meaning the energy goes out. So it's a place where he's confident and he's in his power. We are the ones receiving, so we are vulnerable. Mm-hmm. So it's the opposite experience of sex. And so unless a man is really doing a work to understand a female perspective, they can really intentionally or not intentionally push women into crossing their own boundaries. And like I was told by our guru, he said that I need to be having more sex and more lovers. And when I said that, yeah, I don't know, I don't really like anyone now. And he said, Magda, that's your karmic blockage. And if you don't push through it, nothing will change. Mm. And I'm like, and I'm like, yeah, I I I agree, it's true. And I'm not gonna do it because if I don't want to have sex with with someone, I'm not gonna have sex with them. Yeah. But you know, there's all of this kind of pressure, and so unfortunately, yes, this happens. And I think you really need to be well grounded in who you are, so mm-hmm. you don't end up crossing your own boundaries.
0: Yeah, for sure. Thank goodness that you were. So the study of tantra it led you to uncovering this path that you know that you were here put on this planet to do. And so let's talk more about you know how intimacy and tantra go together or you know what even is intimacy to you so in fact my definition of tantra it's the art of being
1: intimate with yourself with other people and with life Mm, and it's my definition I haven't Uh, heard other people define it this way, but I just feel this is what it is for me so I don't know if this is how you have felt um you know the the transformation in your body if that's how you how you experience this for me what i got from tantra is i feel alive and i and i don't know if there's any other better phrase for that i just feel alive i feel that there's more life moving through me i am way more connected to myself to to nature you know i got like when i was doing a lot of tantric practices I was able to sit on a rock and feel the energy of the rock move through my body and go into states of ecstasy that normally people would need to take ecstasy for. Yeah. So I was so open and I was even having insights into future, which was even like, you know, freaking me out. Cause that's pretty like what? Um, so for me, this is like, it's the state of openness. And when you're really open information comes to you, you just mm-hmm. know your intuition strengthens. And so for me, Like, to be honest, intimacy and sexuality, this is not like a separate part of your life. It is literally who you are. You are made of your sexual energy. Your life force, your kundalini is your sexual energy. And so if I am open to life, naturally, I'm going to feel more love. I'm going to feel more pleasure. I think what people try to do is that they separate sexuality. as like a, like a, you know, just like a, a room in your house that you sometimes visit, mm-hmm. but most of the time the door is closed and you're in the living room. Um, and I just tell them incorporate it because for better sex, for better relationships, you got to open more, just your body for everything. And that means, you know what, feel the pain, feel the fear, feel the temperature, like whether it's warm or hot, feel it. If it's raining, you know, there's there's this quote that I love, 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 love. And it's it's like this: some people experience rain, others just get wet. And so for me, tantra is about experiencing rain, experiencing everything, and for sure, experiencing your body, experiencing your partner, experiencing touch. That's what that's what intimacy is to me. And for me, tantra was in a way tool that allowed me to open myself so I can feel that intimacy
0: Mm, beautiful yeah that was such an excellent explanation too for anybody yeah fantastic wonderful um and I think you actually even answered the next question that I have is you know how does this forge greater intimacy but it's the openness it's the the willingness to feel the things to go into the uncomfortable places and sit with your shit and also allow yourself to be vulnerable with yourself and with others Yes,
1: and I can give you um, an example. So one of the tantric practices we do, which seems super simple, it's eye gazing. And what eye gazing is, (laughs) is you simply look into the other person's eyes. Mm -hmm. Now, I remember the very first ritual that I did in my um, ashram in India, and we're doing this celebration, a puja, and basically men were doing the offerings for women. And what a woman was meant to do is just sit there, with her eyes open and not move, just receive. And for 40 minutes, a man is chanting and is giving you flowers and candles and everything and just worshiping you like a goddess. And all we had to do is keep our eyes open. And oh my God, that was so difficult. Mm -hmm. So that was my first experience of how hard it is to just look at someone. Now, I've been doing this for many years. It's not an issue now. But um, I signed up for acting classes a couple of months ago, and we had this little practice in pairs where you were meant to look at each other and mimic the emotions. Mm. We had about 12 people in the room. All of those people felt so uncomfortable. Like the class was two hours long. This was just one exercise at the end when they were asked, what was the most difficult part? Looking into the eyes. Yeah. So that really shows us just how uncomfortable we are. So I say to people, this is a great place to start. Just challenge yourself to look into the person's eyes when you speak to them. Now, don't stare at them like you're not trying to pick up a fight. (laughs) 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 Soften the gaze. (laughs) Soften the gaze. (laughs) But honestly, this is such a beautiful way to build it. And for couples, try looking into each other's eyes during sex.
0: Mm. That can feel extremely vulnerable, but, oh, the results are amazing. <laughs> you know, when my husband and I were first learning about Tantra in 2020 um, with a couple of teachers here in the States, the eye gazing was definitely something that they told us to do. And we have totally fallen by the wayside, and our intimacy has definitely been lacking lately. So I'm like, oh, shit, yep, here I am getting called out by Magda, and I have to go look at you in the eyes <laughs> and go tell him after this podcast chat. would be like, well... We have to go back and do that. Like they would have us sit in each other's laps and like look look at each other in the eyes. Mm. And it was confronting even when, uh, you know, as someone who had been with this person for years, like it's truly, yeah, a confronting practice that I can attest to is vulnerable, but also really beautiful.
1: Yes, and it's really I think like we love fancy things, and there are really fancy things in tantra. There are all the sex rituals, like so you know sex magic and all of it, and, and orgies, etc. Yeah, that happens too. But the true transformation doesn't necessarily require those fancy tools. Mm-hmm. It's really the little things that you don't realize. They start, you know, it's you know this metaphor when you change your life by ten degrees today, right? where are you going to end up in a year or 10 years? It's just a whole different life. And we usually don't notice that. Like the little thing, we don't notice them, but they really make a difference. So don't necessarily look for anything big and fancy and, you know, God knows how crazy. Just do the eye gazing. That's really enough to build so much more vulnerability and intimacy.
0: Yeah. I love that you said that too, because I do 100% like resonate with that idea that like, okay, well, let's do the sex magic. And I was, I started my coaching career as a menstrual cycle coach. So like blood sex magic. And like, of course we want the big, like beautiful blockbuster stuff, but it's like this little tiny thing that we avoid, which could be like, you're saying just this opening to how we're actually going to get to where we want to go. Yeah. Yeah. So what do you think is this like the secret? Do you feel like there's a secret mm-hmm. to happy relationships, to happy marriages? I mean, obviously looking at each other in the eyes, I'm sure is an essential part of it. But what in your experience is something that you find really makes happy couples?
1: You know, having seen so many couples <laughs> over the years, um, there is something I have identified as two essentials for a relationship to work. Because there's tons and tons of things, tons and tons of things that really make a difference. But I find that these two make the biggest difference. One is that both partners need to be team players and Mm. then both of them need to be focused on growth. So let me explain what I mean by this. A team player is someone where it's never me against you. It's always us against whatever is the threat. Mm -hmm. so it's the strong sense of a relationship that we are in it together so I can tell you from my experience actually there was this one relationship I had and we were like five six months in you know so this is when like the first arguments show up (laughs) and so you know we're like not really fighting but we're we're having a disagreement and he said well maybe it's not a relationship for you and I got really angry at him because it's like look This is a whole different game you're playing right now. And I asked him, like, if we ever argue, like, again, not ever, when we argue again, don't ever question the relationship. Mm -hmm. Like, because if you do this, we may just as well split up now. Mm -hmm. Like, that is sacred. If something happens, you got to come back. Okay, we are in it together. You're not against me. You're being hurt. And if you're being hurt, then the relationship is hurting. Mm -hmm. So let's come back together. We're playing on the same team. Mm-hmm. think of sports like we all know that the best teams it's not like this is me against you no i want to be the better player like you know I'm, I'm polish like in europe we love um soccer as you yeah. call it yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i know you guys are not big on soccer but i honestly don't fully understand american football so i just can't make this reference <laughs> i i tried trust me i tried and i just um <laughs> but you know you have a team and you have different roles and the only way for your team to win is if you collaborate. Mm-hmm. If you start competing, if you start getting angry because one of your teammates did something stupid, you are going to lose. So that is yeah. what a team player needs. And the second focus on growth is that you got to want to get better in a relationship. And this comes down to prioritizing it. Mm-hmm. So I say, th- this is what I've observed. Um, and speaking of heterosexual couples more, but you know anyone, of course, can find how it relates to you. I just think it kind of shows um, more clearly here. But usually for women, we really care about our relationships. And like we will nonstop try to come up with ideas, how to make it better. Right. Yeah. And I know that men feel very confused about it because for most men, a relationship is just like thick, done, as in have a wife, has a, have a child, have a house. And yeah. once it's done, that's when you can focus on your mission and your career. Yeah. So I always tell men, look at your work. You always try to make it better. You will never be satisfied with the same status quo. You don't want to have the same job and the same task that you had a year ago. You mm. always want it to be better. That's how naturally most women look at relationships. And that's the attitude that we need. Mm. So you don't have to necessarily keep it your number one priority, but it's got to be somewhere at the top. You got to always want, okay, I don't want just a good relationship. It's not about settling down. We want a great relationship, which means we got to grow. We got to invest. We got to move forward. And I find that when you have these two um, qualities, these two traits, then you're set for success. Then all of the other things are sort of like great add-ons and nice to haves. But these two are essential. If any of the partner is missing any of the two, it's just going to go down at some point.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I have certainly been in this marriage in this exact same spot where I started my spiritual awakening in 2019 and I really felt like, oh, I wanted to pull him along with me. I wanted to like show him all the things. And I had a teacher and and she was basically like, you have to just show him through your own actions. You can't pull anybody where you want them to go because it's going to look like nagging. It's going to look like, you know, you're like dogging him because you he's not doing enough. And so if you're in and i would love to say that we're now over that but um if you're listening to this if someone's listening to this and maybe you are like me 5 years ago where it's like okay i i really lo- yearn to make this work and to grow up myself and to have my own actu- like self actualization both in partnership and within myself what would you say to those people who feel like the balance that scale is like tipped a little bit to lopsided versus having it really be like you said both people committed to this growth
1: so I'll tell you something Leslie until today this is a challenge for me to just be a friend for example and not be a coach Uh and I've been a coach in relationships too so what you just discussed discussed it's like (laughs) I think I think every person who gets into spirituality and personal development, they they get to this like oh, I'm gonna save everyone, <laughs> and um, I had, so I understand the excitement. Mm-hmm. Um, I understand you want to pull people on this path, and I know I'm gonna simplify it. It may sound harsh, and it's wrong. Mm. It's wrong, yeah. and usually, like you probably feel it yourself now. Once you've been on this path for a few years, it's integrated. And you realize that you don't need to pull anyone and that mm-hmm. you need, don't need to convince anyone because what you discover on this path is more acceptance and more this kind of unconditional love. And you just like, you see people a bit differently. So for many years, I thought that I want a spiritual partner until I realized that I actually don't want a spiritual partner. Usually very spiritual men, they're not the best partners, <laughs> but I want a conscious partner. So I want someone, What you know what is most important for me? Is that a person is self-aware meaning they have the ability to reflect on their behavior Mm -hmm. so they are not their behavior so i think before i got into onto this path and maybe you've experienced this because i feel like most of us are there when we get triggered we become the trigger and it's like this is the truth when you start going when you start doing this work you separate yourself And you realize, okay, well, I acted a bit like a bitch, (laughs) right? But I have this ability now, maybe not in the moment, but after I have the ability to reflect. And I think that is something you want your partner to do. They don't have to have the same spiritual path because we are different. Like, you know, I, for example, always tell people that it's not like um, tantra is for everyone. I used to date one of my former partners was uh, serving medicine. And I experimented with this. But for example, that's not necessarily my path. It's not to say one is better than the other. They're different. Mm -hmm. And I also believe that whatever consciousness God has given all these different tools because we're different. You know, all of them lead to God and enlightenment and better life. So I love letting other people choose their path. So I don't think that they have to be doing this. So if you're new on this path, I would just say watch yourself because it doesn't feel nice to be on the receiving end of your excitement. And the quote that I found at that time, which really stuck with me, was that the biggest gift you can give someone is to let them learn their own lessons at their own time. Mm. And I would like repeat it, repeat it, repeat it. But I'll tell you something, because I know this is a bit challenging to our ego. The way I look at it now from my perspective today is that me needing to to like pull people with me was because it wasn't integrated, was because I wasn't really sure, is it all just crap or is it real? And mm-hmm. like we need the validation from other people that, yeah, it's really real and it's amazing. Mm-hmm. But what if your partner doesn't do it? Can you still follow this path? I think this is this is like a spiritual lesson on its own. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't have to look the same for both partners, but I would say, yes, being open. So if I do yoga and I tell my partner, I love yoga, come with me just say yes, like say yes to your partner more often. If they're into mm-hmm. something, just give it, give it a go, yeah. try. And then if it's really not, you think fine, mm-hmm. but don't discredit them. So if your partner is into something, like if your partner just read a book and they loved it and they want you to read it, just read it. I yeah. don't know why so many partners just make it, make it like a big problem. It's like, no, it's Like if my friend recommends the book, I'm going to sure. read it. But if why? my partner, no, never. No. Right. <laughs> Yeah. So just start saying, yes, just, just, just experiment with these things. You don't have to agree with everything, but I think it's nice to be doing these things for each other.
0: Yeah. And I mean, at least if you're going to present Tantra, you can present the sex. And if you're in a heterosexual partnership, for sure, like as the female to my man, he's never going to say no to that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. And I think, I think, you know, what with, with Tantra specifically and sexual practices, I understand this may feel a bit threatening to a partner sure. when suddenly, mm-hmm. like you're just like learning all these things, so you'll be like, "Were you like not happy with our sex life? Is that what it's all about?" Oof. So something that really helps is don't present it in a way that, "Oh, I'm not happy or something. Oh, I want to fix things." Just say like, "Oh my God, babes. Like I love having sex with you, and I just discovered this thing, and oh, I would love to try it with you. Like I cannot imagine trying this with anyone else." Mm-hmm. So you're showing this as how to move from already good to even better Ah. than as moving from bad to good. Because Mm -hmm. then, of
0: course, they're going to get defensive. Of course. Fantastic. really, like What a great suggestion. I also always heard as well, um, like bring it up outside of the bedroom so that maybe like if you're like, this was more when I was in couples therapy, but it's like you're never going to do a critique like in the nude. You want to have, like, it be in more neutral ground versus so that you can, like, one, get consent, but also, two, have a conversation where maybe the senses aren't quite as heightened and you can really talk it through versus, like, in the middle of, like, he's about to be in penetration. You're like, hey, let's do this. (laughs) (laughs) And maybe for some folks it's fine. But for others, yeah, I can totally see how that would be a bit, like, yeah, unsettling because of the thinking of, like, am I not good enough? Is something wrong?
1: Yes. And I think especially when it comes to talking about sex, this is like, this is one of the big topics, I think, because we just don't. Yeah. So I would say that just generally speaking, the more you talk about sex, the easier it gets. Mm -hmm. Like, imagine you never talk about sex. And what you want to bring up is that, hey, that one thing you do in the bed, I've never liked it. (laughs) Like, of course, it's gonna be terrifying. Yeah. So just talk about sex, you know, the positive things, everything. And then it's gonna be much easier to bring up the more challenging aspects um another thing i would also say is just laugh more in the bedroom it's like you know we make this whole like you know when you think of like seduction it's like all this perfection yeah. and it's all serious i'm like yeah there's time and space for that but real sex is messy you do some stupid things you know sometimes you fart during sex and like <laughs> what are you gonna do so i think laughing about things really helps so if for yeah. example there is something that your partner is doing and you're not liking it, if you can laugh about it, saying like, "Ouch! No, 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 no! Let's change, let's change!" Like, you know, without attacking, then mm-hmm. there will be open. So, yeah. I think there are ways to talk about it that doesn't have to feel threatening.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, before we wrap up, I'd love to talk a bit about this whole idea of uh, this the loneliness epidemic. It's certainly something mm-hmm. that I think really sparked in 2020. Um, when we were all you know, quarantining, but has really, with some of the studies that I've read, continued to just get bigger and bigger the farther we even get from the pandemic. Do you think we're in a loneliness epidemic? Do you think it has anything to do with struggles in modern dating? And if so, like, what do we do about that? So I'll tell you this. Um,
1: a few years ago in Poland, we have a whole reform of educational system And basically, from just having elementary school and high school, now we also have middle school. Who paid a price for this? That year. Mm. Those students. They paid the price. And I think our generation, like I'm 38, so my generation and the generation below us, Mm -hmm. we are the ones paying the price for the reform in the dating world. Uh. There's a few things that happened. Um, So... What I see, actually, and I so I, don't, I don't see people talk about it because I know maybe it's not fully politically correct, but we have changed or, in fact, eliminated gender roles the yep. way they used to exist. Mm-hmm. Now, we can argue whether they're good or bad, but they had one benefit. They made a clear place for men and women to feel needed. Yep. Everyone needs to feel needed. And if you want to understand this a bit better, imagine you at work. If you feel that your employer doesn't need you, they could replace you any day. And whether you show up or not doesn't make a difference. Are you going to enjoy this work? So as humans, we have a need to be needed. And gender roles, with all of their negativities, they made it very clear, this is why we need women. This is why we need men. Mm -hmm. So it's changing because women stepped out of this role first. And now men, well, here's the thing. Men are not stepping out of it. Men got kicked out of it in a way. So now women have been trying to find the sense of feeling needed and important by doing things that men used to do. And women are pretty okay with that. They're missing things, but we usually feel important and needed. We feel like we get to be, you know, contribute and be appreciated for what we do. But men are now in a very interesting situation because suddenly the way they were needed is not there anymore. Yeah. And so they rebel, they don't know what to do about it. They're a bit like. You know, like a kid kind of throwing a tantrum. Yeah. So I think there is a massive challenge in front of men to find new ways how to be needed. So we have this evolution of men. And so, of course, all of this is massively impacting the dating, uh, the dating scene the fact that we don't we don't really have tribes and communities anymore we live in these massive communities big cities we're disconnected from nature disconnected from intuition while technology is great but we were it it is a patriarchal society it's just that it's changing in a way that people think but no women can vote and this and that i'm like it's not really what patriarchy necessarily is about we value logic over intuition even notice if you look at like okay think of the biggest podcast i don't want to like put any names but think of the biggest podcast yeah. what do they mostly talk about and who is on the show you yeah. talk about how to make more money productivity how to be the best athlete how to build more muscles yeah. there are some conversations about intimacy but if you compare what made those massive podcasts so massive it's masculine conversation yeah it's skewed yeah so i think it is a dangerous uh it's it's a tricky challenging time for us and also the fact that you know i will say that men gotta step up this is kind of like collective saying but a a lot of men need to step up and because a woman if a woman is single it doesn't affect her as negatively as it affects a man Mm. but being in a bad relationship impacts a woman much worse than it does a man like they Mm -hmm. say that even if a relationship is bad a man is still going to benefit from it But a woman, not so much, because that impacts everything. So now women are like, well, if he's not going to offer me what I want, that means I'm going to be in a bad relationship. I'd rather be single. Yeah. And so we have these differences. And I think we're trying to figure things out. Like our generation now, we're trying to figure it out. I do believe there is a lot of loneliness. And I feel we really need to shake things up. I think we need to shake things up. Or this transition will be taking very, very long, and there will be a lot of you know, we already have so much suicide and depression. Yeah. So I love people like you who are having these conversations because this is actually what's really needed. Quite honestly, we need this more than like AI and chat GPT, which is great, but that is what the humanity needs.
0: Absolutely. And I love that you brought that part up too, because I have lived in both of the worlds. So I was a very successful news anchor up until I left last year due to some mental health struggles making six figures and the breadwinner in our relationship or our entire relationship. I'm also 7 years older than my husband. And the pivot that has happened in our relationship since I left news, granted there was a lot of dark night of the soul, a lot of shit that we had to get through, but like now, you know, he's a business owner, his business is really successful. He We've gotten back into these gender roles that are much more, you know, how they used to be. And while I, like you, feel like there are pros and cons to a gender role and I used to be so against them, now living in very much my feminine, first of all, I could never have been in my feminine if I was still in that last, like, state of being to the degree that I am now. And seeing how much he has shifted because he is needed and he is the provider and he is the person who takes care of me, it's... And I'm not saying like you need to sh- switch your whole fucking relationship. If you're someone who is a breadwinner, like go do your thing, babe. But like that has, I've seen this work. I've seen this, sh- the way this has shifted. And uh, so it's really fascinating. I'm glad that you, that you brought that up. Um, so how can people work with you? How can they learn from you? I know you have a book. It's sitting behind you. <laughs> so give me all the details.
1: So you can just go and search for Magda K. It's M-A-G-D-A and then K-A-Y. I am mostly present on YouTube. Then you're also going to find me on Instagram. And this way, you're also going to find my website where you can read more about any offerings that I have. I work with people either one-on-one online. These days, it's mostly online. I don't Mm -hmm. work in person as often with people. uh, But there's massive transformation that can happen online as well. So I do that with men, women, and couples. So whether you're single or in a relationship, all types of of partnerships are welcome. Uh, And I also have the school of intimacy. So... Mm -hmm. I was feeling like i don't know about you but i was like reflecting let me think how many hours that i have throughout my whole education that was focused on human relationships and healthy sexuality weight zero (laughs) so i feel like kind of my intention of this is to actually create an academy that teaches us in my opinion the most important skills which Mm -hmm. is love relationships and sex And so the School of Intimacy, it's where you will find all of my online courses, all of my trainings, everything is there. It's like Netflix, which look, I love Netflix too, but we all know that Netflix is kind of, you're just killing time. Mm -hmm. What about watching something that actually adds value and depth Mm -hmm. to your life and makes you happier and better and closer to your potential? Yeah. So you can also find the information about the School of Intimacy on my website. This probably will be the easiest way, but it would be amazing to, if if anyone feels called it would be amazing uh, to have you inside. Yeah,
0: wonderful. Well, we'll put all the links in the show notes. Magda, thank you so much for thank coming you. on and speaking with the with me and and for all of us. Is there anything else that you want to add that I did not ask you about?
1: Hmm. Okay. So maybe this one. I'll. I'll I'll say this, and I would say this for men and women. But I feel like I honestly feel that the next step needs to come from men, but it takes everyone for that step to happen. I like men are amazing, and like men, yes, a, a lot of them need to step up, and they are amazing. And can we please hold both of these truths yeah. together? Mm-hmm. Instead of one or the other, can you just have both? Because I think that's what we need. We need to call them up to to be better. Because you guys know you can be better. You know, like men know when you are like, you know, acting like a kid. You know, you know when you should be stepping up.
0: And I still think you're amazing. Mm -hmm. Wonderful. Thank you so much for coming on the show.
1: Thank you, Leslie, for having me. It's been such a joy.
0: (laughs) Mm, I hope you got so much out of that conversation. I just think Magda has a wonderful way of explaining sometimes complex and obviously very taboo subjects in a way that just makes it so easy to digest. I'm going to put all of her links in the show notes below. You can also find my links below, like my Instagram at Leslie Draffin. You can also find that code to join my new sacred community, The Sanctuary, below in the show notes. Remember that you can get in for 30 days free with the code, The Light Within. Have yourself a wonderful week. Thank you so much for spending some time with me today. And hey, if you have time, remember to rate, review, and share this episode with someone you love, maybe someone who could use a little spiciness in their life. Have a great week. And remember, there's no light without darkness, but there's no darkness without light. I'll see you next time, babe.